Some of the plays, all the plays are here, not all here, but we keep it going. Um, myself, backstage, yes, that pearl, but we have a, a superstar in the building, somebody I consider a friend, a young lady who's doing some phenomenal things. She does this talk thing. She's an actress. She's a mom. She, she's also probably killing all you fellas out here in New York City. But ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Nafi Lounge, the lovely, super talented, my buddy, Miss Melanie. What's going on? How are you doing? What is going on? That is a major introduction. I'm feeling very. This, this is what I'm I humble. do. I'm humble. Don't do that to me. Don't do that. And see, today we, we, you know, we, I'm able to stretch out, um, which is always a great thing. But thank you so much for coming back today. No, you know, I'm here. Anytime you guys need me, want me, I'm always supporting, watching the movement, watching the the growth mm-hmm. as a as a fellow creator. I, I respect the hustle. And I'm clapping from a distance wherever no I'm at every and day. And it, it's vice versa, as you know. I first want to start off because, again, I think your greatest accomplishment is being a mother. Congratulations on you both. You killed children graduating, one going to higher learning college, another one entering that middle school stage. Oh, boy, do I remember my oh middle boy. school years. Um, oh but you remember that far back? Yeah, I can be a best belly. I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, but I can that remember that. Because that might have been the last time I had hair in my head. Um, so I remember that. But talk about just uh, your daughter graduating college and just being a mom. Well, that for me was one of my greatest accomplishments. Uh, accomplishments because my daughter, Janae, I love you. If she sees this, she, she usually don't watch nothing I do. She stays in her little teen world. Um, but she does recognize. <laughs> um, so it was, she's the first to graduate high school in, in, you know, as far as I know of my bloodline. So I am a cycle breaker. And for me, that just gave me confirmation to know that I successfully broke cycles and now my daughter's following in my footsteps and breaking cycles as well so it it means more than just the the high school you know piece of paper that you finished um she is going on to study psychology at bmcc and um you know the world is hers I, i i'm very proud of her she's not 
what these teenagers are out here doing. My daughter has no interest in, in being in these streets chasing anything. So that also is um, something I could brag about. I, bra- I always say I brag different. Um, yeah, that's that's big. And then my little one, she's 11 years old, Kiki. That's that's the one that gets me the run for my money. So, yeah, she's on her way to middle school. The teen years or preteen years are in full effect. Um, but I have two lovely young queens that I'm raising and Phenomenally, phenomenally, I will say that I'm confident that they have uh, followed me in changing, you know, our fi- our family history for the future generations. I'm glad. That's why I wanted to start there with your daughters because obviously I know you. We talk, right. and you talk about breaking generational curses, generational chains that right. not just holds down held down your family, but or families African American, Hispanic, of, right of, today, for right now. Yeah. 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 So when you do that, right, when people look at now that are, again, young mother, kind of stuck in a rut, you know, was doing some things. And I'm not going to tell you a story because you, you'll find out eventually it's a phenomenal story. I'm not giving it today. You're going to have to buy that. But the reality is that I, I kind of just want to go because you're somebody who, again, has a daughter, but you're young enough to kind of relate to what some of these young girls are going through or even some of these young guys. But talk about just breaking that curse. Okay. Before you yeah. go there, I just wanted to just ask one thing, because yeah. it's always one of the things I always look at. When you look back now, can you believe how fast your kids have grown up? No. <laughs> they didn't put that part in what to expect when expecting, because I read that book with my first pregnancy, and I try to follow everything and make sure our milestones matched up when they were supposed to. We're all normal here. Um, but no, I think that's a, the, the saddest part for me is when your babies grow up. Uh, you know, I'll talk about it with my 17-year-old. I went through a stage where I had to mourn the baby she was and mm-hmm. embrace and accept the young woman she was becoming because some things I just am still not ready for. But I have to give her the respect. She told me the, the most important thing one time a few years back when we were going through a little rough patch. She was like, Mom... You have to trust me because if you don't trust me, then you don't trust the job that you did with me. Mm. Whoa, that, that was some yeah, grown girl stuff right there. Yeah, like, what? Deep. Brilliant, my daughter. <laughs> yes. Maybe you could write the second version of what to expect. Right. Because <laughs> I was like, you're right. You know what? I did raise her, and I taught her, and I drilled into her brain all these things that we should not do because we come from here and we have to be better. And, you know, I feel like I put a lot of pressure on them to, to break cycles because we're not normal, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and, and for, for normal average children, the conversations that I have with my children are not. Which definitely leads back to what I was saying before Ed jumped in generational curses. Yeah. When you see people again, and you're, you, you're young enough to kind of realize what you went through. Mm-hmm. Talk about what you would give somebody who was you 20-plus years ago. I would give someone me. <laughs> I became what I needed when I was younger, and that's why I started Bar TV, Brilliant and Resilient Television. That's why I'm now starting to share my story, because I, I always felt like alone and lost. You know, because I was so different and set apart. And humbly and respectfully, I'll say that. I don't think I'm better than anyone. But my um, the mission that was laid out for my life before I even was created, 
is bigger than what I would wish on anyone. Um, it's very hard, and I'll, I'll just be raw with it, you know. Coming from a mother that is a heroin addict and being sex trafficked by your own biological father, those are things you don't survive these days. Most um, young women and men become prostitutes, um, male escorts, female escorts, strippers. They have a load of mental health addi- uh, um mental health issues that are going on undiagnosed. I want to talk about that a little bit because people hear mental health in the black and brown community and they cringe and they think, oh, that's crazy. No, it's just your brain, the health of your brain, the status of your brain, the health, how's it doing. And and when you do that, um, a lot of people, like, you know, I have a lot of friends that are dear to me that I see could not come out of that heroin and crack epidemic where a lot of our parents and and uncles and aunts and siblings and peers fell victim to you know being crackheads being heroin addicts you know becoming junkies i call a spade a spade i don't sugarcoat um because they'd be like oh no i'm doing this because i have problems when i was a kid and or i'm doing this because nobody loved me and nobody gave me attention mm-hmm. you know i i have a, a load of excuses i can use to have become one of those people and I chose not to because I saw the end result early. As I had a parent that was a heroin addict, I had a father with severe mental health diseases. Um, so I, um, yeah, I don't lean on those excuses and I, I don't sugarcoat it. But what I will say is mental health was not um, properly exposed or explored in the 80s and 90s, which caused a lot of adults in my generation and, and the generation before mine to have um, severe mental health um, issues that are undiagnosed. Now, when you become diagnosed, when you get a psych evaluation, when you, you know, and seek, having a therapist, the most richest people in the world have therapists that they talk to all the That's time. That's it, just normal. Um, therapists and, have right, right. therapists. And, and, and they have life coaches. The therapists <laughs> yeah. have therapists. Like, there's nothing wrong with having a psych evaluation to see where your mental health is, to um, identify what issues may, you may or may not have. And it's not, not nothing necessarily wrong with you, but when we go through life, life is hard. And sometimes um, some things that you experience in life will affect your brain in certain ways that do affect how you function. Yeah. And if you're not identifying it, you cannot heal it, work through it, you can't recognize it. So that's the problem we have going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I understand what you're saying because I un- I feel the same way like you say. The thing is that I just look at it that within our culture, it's always been known as taboo. Yes. To be able to sit there and say that I'm I'm broken enough that I got to speak to somebody because it's always been looked looked right. down upon. Right. You know. Yeah. Most people talk to their pastors and their preachers and stuff like that in the churches, mm-hmm. but. They're not really professionals fully to that aspect to be able to evaluate you and talk to you. But, right. about that, but I do think that's a start. It is a start. Anyone. A start. Right. Anyone. Start. Because, yeah. I, we, you know, again, um, I just had a, a former football teammate that just died. And he died home alone. And then all like all our you know, former teammates, he's like, that, why is that happening? Why is it that something that a brother we, we share a bond with? Why is somebody... Had a dying alone. Right. Right. So then we decided, hey, do that. 
that unfortunate situation and say we need to communicate and see if we're well. Check on each other. It doesn't hurt to say, hey, how are you doing this morning? We, we become so techie with our phones that yeah. we forget to call or go visit somebody. Yeah. COVID has obviously blocked us. People are now afraid to, to express love. But then if you have that issue, like you said, mm-hmm. I'm not the person that maybe can help diagnose it or deep down help you get better, but I can notice that you got a problem and need, I can need talk some help. You off the bridge. Exactly. And then take you somewhere, somewhere. to get some help. Right. right. Now yeah. now here's the thing. What is for us to dis just to ask some questions amongst everybody here, what is it that we can do to help others to understand that it's not a taboo to go out there to be able to talk to somebody? I think um just promoting it more, talking about it. Like I say, I have a therapist. My children have a therapist. Um, the more people say, hey, I have a oh, I just, I got to reschedule my therapy appointment. You know, I got my therapy session. I'll be back. Just talking about it more like if it's a GYN appointment, like it's a, like it's a, a mammogram, like it's like, you know, these are things that, uh, unfortunately, the poor community, it's not even about a race. The poor community does not discuss much because they're not on top of their, you know, health insurance. They may not even have it, you know. So it's like I'm not trying to go to see no doctor and have no bill. Oh, you know, like so talking, talking about it more, encouraging people more. Um, Even my daughter, 11 years old, she identifies when people have issues. She'll be like, oh, mom, I think so and so has a little bit of social anxiety. You know, and and that's through therapy and through knowing the triggers, knowing, you know, and she'll say, oh, maybe you should tell her mom to take her to Molly. Molly was her therapist. (laughs) Giving Molly some more business. Shout out to Molly because Molly stopped. She was my daughter's therapist for five years Mm. and she just. Um, stopped and went on to open her own new practice. So she went on. Yeah, to let new me let's endeavors, get to Molly. But... Maybe Molly needs some uh, health insurance. And uh, I was saying, with plug. we're talking again to Miss no. Melanie. So <laughs> Go therapy ahead. works. Um, talking about it, you know, when you see friends mm-hmm. that you know are going through things, sometimes it's very hard to tell because we will wear a mask all day, right? right? Look yeah. at Instagram. You're, you're not going to know that yeah. I'm sad or depressed if you go to girl, You go to right. my Instagram, they think I'm a freaking billionaire. They think I have no problems in the world. <laughs> well, well, Mel, well, well, Mel, for you, Daddy. for you, like, Mel, I, no I, I think you might, you know, you you, you out there. Yeah. You, you are a star. That's, 99 problems for the man ain't what, but yeah, I do have real problems and real issues, and it's like saying, you know what, Mel, I, I see that, you know, things that you're posting are not really your normal. Is everything okay? Or, or hey, Ed, um, I notice you're not, you know, you know, just, just concerning yourself with people. And another thing is we've all been taught to mind our business and not offend people and not pry into other people's businesses. Mm-hmm. But I think there has to be a certain gray area with the people you care about. Yeah. You know? And I also I, I, I agree with that, too, and yeah. I believe that. The other thing I think a lot of things, especially amongst men, that we don't want to show weakness. Because if you're showing that you're weak, then that means you're not a man. Some people consider not being manly if you show weakness. And we don't sometimes go out and talk about a lot of things. Unless you're really comfortable with that one person, then you speak. But even nine out of ten times, you're not speaking on that aspect as well. And it's hard. You know, It's hard to go out there and try to portray and say, hey, I go to a therapist, but they like, 
what's the matter? You got something wrong with you? You're, not, you're crazy? <laughs> you're mentally? And then yeah. they want to make fun of it, and then now you feel yeah, embarrassed because you don't so, want to go and say it. Again, yeah, and again, we're talking to Miss Melanie Bar TV, actress extraordinaire. There was a time when people mocked people for wearing glasses. There was yes. a time when people mocked people for wearing hearing aids. Yes. So this is, this is nothing new. Again, the more we make things acceptable in society, the more it becomes normal, right? There was a time when, you know, unfortunately, people who dated outside their race were mocked. People who had different, you know, (laughs) uh, people who were gay and lesbian were mocked. So the more we make things acceptable, the more they are. I think now we understand and we realize that mental health is a real illness. It's not something that, you know, you can just wipe away. You're not tough enough. You're not man enough. It's a real thing. Steph, before we go to break, you want to jump in real quick? Yeah, I mean, I... You know, I've gone through my own things as well, you know, and certain people have caught me like, oh, you put a post and it was like really different. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, wow, like people just notice a slight. So I'm like very mindful of what I post because it was something like really deep, deep Mm -hmm. thoughts. Right. And people are like from high school like people right. who really know who me know you know you <laughs> and i mean people who know me from back then and i haven't spoken to in a long time and they're like you, what's going on yes. and i'm like wow that's Those interesting are the ones that reach out to me yeah. too right yes. like people that that you know that don't normally reach relate out. On right. a daily basis, it's crazy. So, again, like it, it, it's not what people will believe online. Right. You know, oh. I could like one time there was a time I just posted like me ranting or whatever, and someone was like, "Oh my god, it looks like Stephanie's living her best life." I'm like, "What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm living my best. I'm, I'm just own. living. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to live my best life, but." Through the obstacles, right? right. We try to be positive, oh, right? And I'm sure you teach that to your children. All day. Always trying to, you know, keep on going and striving, mm-hmm. you know? We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll keep this conversation going. Miss Melanie, Nafi Lounge, come on back. Come on, baby, I want to party. Come on, right to the dance floor. I want to swing the day off. And everybody's moving, so come on, keep on grooving. So if you want to party, come on and move your body. Come on and move your body, your body and your soul. So you can hear the DJ, he takes you in control. So step into this beat now, the beat that makes you move. The movement gives you power, the power to the groove. Come on, baby, I want to party. Come on, right to the dance floor. I want to swing the tail. And everybody's moving, so come on, keep on grooving. So if you want to party.
this is Brittany Clark, and you're listening to the best team in radio, 950 Lounge. We're back on the ride, 950 Lounge, still joined by the lovely super talented Miss Melanie and her all white. I don't know if she's trying to give us a sign or something, but nevertheless, we're going to go with it. Um, we were talking about mental health, really, and again, this is a powerful statement and a powerful subject to kind of dive into. I, you know, again, I, I value, like I said, you, it's like Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall having a conversation here, because we talk a lot. But I, I value the fact that what you bring to the table, the advocacy that you bring, and what we try to do here at Nafi Lounge, we try to bring different aspects. And I try to talk to people in the same space that we share from a talk perspective like look i'm not we we have a lot of nonsense conversations here too don't get it twisted but i do think again we do have an obligation of being town criers to give something back to the community that's more than just what's happening with cardi and the kardashians um i think again this is a conversation which i'm so glad we're talking about because i think again we especially in our groups black and hispanic we don't we don't we don't check on enough we're so busy trying to get by right the hustle is so real i gotta pay rent we live in a in, in an inflated economy people are underpaid and overtaxed uh health issues covid long there's so many things going on that we're just trying to get by that we don't have time to think about next week as a guy i know very well and some people might know and he's very important to this program how we've grown in different places entrepreneur and i was talking to him about health care because again my day life for those who don't know i work in, in compliance and he's still living off um you know basic insurance so I'm like, yo, if something happens, you got to come out of pocket. While you might have the money to do that, that's not healthy mm-hmm. because you can't take care of all the auxiliary needs that, the, like, you know, you know, talk to, you know, like the teledoc and all these other things that you can go talk to professionals or get things, not just for mental health, but for physical health. Something, you know, you, can't, you feel a lump somewhere, you know, well, I need to speak to somebody is to kind of dissect it. I don't want to just go to Google. That's right. not always the best thing. So... Um, I think, again, we, we're just so fixated on just getting by today. I think that's why a lot of us have bad credit because we, we just want everything on our body. We want to drive the fancy cars when we're the nice clothes. We just want it now because we don't – and a lot of our mindsets, we don't think about tomorrow, tomorrow or 10 years from now yeah. or retirement because that's not real. Well, you got to look at it in this fashion. We think of it in that fashion because of the fact that that's how we was groomed and how we was brought up. Because if you, yeah, you can put money away for a little bit thing today, but then for tomorrow, but then the problem is something devastating comes and wipe you out. Mm-hmm. We don't look at situations of owning a house. We look at we want to rent because we don't know if we can even maintain a but house. that's survival mode. But that's what I'm saying. Right. But I'm saying, but, it, but it's also hereditary because that's how we always it's thought. It's also cycles that have to be broken. Correct. Yes. Yes. And, and with all that stuff, like even with insurance, unless you have a job, you can't afford most insurances that's out there nowadays. No. So you have, so that's why it's always like you're looking at, because even like, you know, because I, like you, I work in the healthcare field mm. myself, and that's why it was a great thing when the ACA came out and you was able to buy into it at a low rate. Because if you don't, you're going to find out just, just to get one finger, if you miss and cut your finger or your finger gets chopped off and to get an x-ray or anything else, that x-ray alone cost you $5,000. Just to go in to do a thing called a, um, a, a type, uh, a blood type, blood types cost you six. 
and they charge you every single time you go into the hospital. Listen, you don't have to tell me. And what, that's, but that's why I'm saying. But that's why four the years ago, when I almost died and was in the hospital for three days, and I saw that bill, that bill was one hundred and eighty-five thousand dollars. Yeah, thank God for and the insurance. Yeah, wow. insurance only covered eighty-five percent. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that even for the entrepreneur, right? Yeah. And again, like a lot of people, especially in this day and age, we have people who, you know, I'm trying to start my own business. COVID, re-pivot. I'm going to start my own. There's ways of getting insurance. I know so many entrepreneurs that don't have insurance. I'm saying, okay, so yeah, I got my own. So what happens when you get sick? What happens when you know you you you, you and, cut yourself and or they, yeah? They don't end up taking care or even thinking about their health until something is so bad that it's right. an emergency and it's life or death. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people are dying, especially with the clogged arteries. They never went for a physical. They yeah. didn't get checked up. Colonoscopies. Yeah. You know, that's I mean, I just got I just got my rights of passage this year. It wasn't out, fun. Out to you. Oh, it, it you had, had to happen. To do it. Yeah. You gotta go in there. You gotta know what's going on up in this whole temple here. Take care of yourselves, people. That's that's yep. what I, I, I definitely well, want to know. It's, it's good that you're telling people that because yeah. the whole thing is it's always been the fear of. Right. And a lot of people says, I'm not going to go in because I don't want to know or I don't feel bad. I'm just going to take some Robitussin or something else like that just to get me through. <laughs> Put some tussin yeah. on it. But that's the whole thing is that not many people are thinking of their health, especially and, in low-income neighborhoods. And, and stuff if, in that if your parents can't pay attention because usually it's the parents that instill it into you and then – supposed to teach you how to make your own appointments and, and keep right. your own health up to get up to par mm-hmm. but some some people don't have parents or they don't yeah. have parents that care or they or, have parents that even, are on drugs and right, they don't yeah. have mental mental problems and can't even keep their own life together so, or the parents again, who are feeding their kids fast food as part of their dietary nutrition every day spaghetti and meatballs yeah. through well, the can. Well, that's, right. well that's, that's because it. of that's, that's because of the cost in, of the income yeah. Not every because like right now, even though we're going through a renaissance now of of um of being homegrown or stuff like that, you know, like clean eating and everything else. Oh, it's, it's expensive to yeah, eat it's, clean. And, yeah. and the, and the yes. funny thing is, even with all that, it's just basically stuff that was grown naturally. I mean, we used to go through that back in the '60s and '70s and '80s, but now since everything got so much GMOs and and mass production, and everything else, it's cheaper to feed a person that stuff than it is to actually do the same thing. Yeah, but you, you can't you can't feed your kids fast hamburgers and fries well, every night. Everybody does that no. all the time, but I'm saying but but, but they're off I'm telling you there are families that are actually at that dollar menu. I won't say the name so we don't get sued. Ooh. They got, uh, got that dollar menu every day feeding their family breakfast lunch and dinner yes, yes. but not every family i could say i didn't say that but no, a no, lot I'm are I'm not, so when you see these kids can't even afford it because not for nothing that right. does become expensive too either. right yeah. but when you see these kids you see a 10 year old kid 220 pounds where do you think that's coming from oh yeah well that's oh. a lot of that's just a lot of stuff in, in general right period because yeah. i mean you think about it right now they don't you know, think about it like this back when we was all in school they taught about the national, you know, health pyramids and everything else and how to eat healthy and everything else. The food you don't. What you school don't, did you go to? I ain't taught that in my school. <laughs> well, then you Everybody does. I learned that in school, yeah. so I remember yeah. the little pyramid yeah, see, with the food see, group. You, you, I didn't go in there. Y'all, y'all went to good school. Every lunch had to have uh, something from each of them little Yeah, each groups. of the food groups. Yeah. If you never went to that school, school, then you was in the hood. They were giving my... Yeah, well, I guess I was in the hood. I was in the hood. His, his, his was a poor, poor they were giving us. I, they were giving us. They wasn't giving no basic food groups in lunchtime for us. Oh, nah, my we God. Always, here, hate, eat this hash. 
I thought school lunch was universal and all schools kind of had this. I'm joking. I'm joking. Again, we're talking to the lovely Miss Melody. Let's move on. Obviously, again, you're doing some phenomenal things in the acting space, which I I know when we first met, when we first got introduced, it was um, do Deborah. Big shout to her. And you yeah. did a film. Pocket full of game. Pocket full of game. And it's funny, you know, that role, that role, there's a funny thing that we share. That role was actually offered to me, I think, first. And I couldn't do it because oh, I was recording. the one that was missing. But yeah. Yes. You supposed to be a girl? No, no a, a reporter. reporter. <laughs> yeah, Joanna man, right? A yeah. reporter. A reporter. A reporter. Yeah. Live from Harlem. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> get my sister. You, you always arguing about you don't want to see men in drag. Nah, no. no. That, that's for a whole nother story. Shout out to Deja Vu Films and Deja Vu Television Network. You can catch Bar TV on there. Shout out to Deb. And mm-hmm. in Pocket Full of... They, they have now Pocket Full of Game 1 and 2. Yeah. Part 2 is out on, on Tubi now. Big shout out to Catherine good. Nunez. Catherine. Another one who's her. developed it. Yeah. I love Kathy. Yeah. I love Kathy. Mm-hmm. And um, so... Yeah, that, I'm not an actress, though. Don't give me that. I don't want to uh, act. But you keep yeah. getting roles, though. No, but they, they want me to do acting, but I do not um, act. I did that. I, what I will do is like that. If I could play myself in something and I could wing it, because my thing is non-scripted. I don't like scripted content. We need to talk to Deb, and we and you should play a role. We should do something. Right. Yeah, we should do something. I, let me make my own lives. Black man let number me one. Say something. But, you know. Coffee. Right. I'm, I'm not with the scripted um, content. So, but what I am is a producer. Okay. I, I do produce and create content. Um, four seasons into Bar TV. Yeah. Now I have... Talk about that a little bit. Talk about Bar TV a little bit. Okay, so Bar TV, Brilliant and Resilient Television, the reason I started that um, television show uh, is because I started off on 93.5 FM. I was an on-air radio personality. Mm. Um, Things didn't kind of... Well, after about a year, you know, sometimes God makes you a little uncomfortable to move you on to the next stage. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of what happened. It was a little inconvenient. So I left the radio. I already had a fan base. Um, I had already interviewed all the, a lot of the talent and production crew from Love and Hip Hop mm-hmm. at that time. This is like five years ago, um, and people wanted more of me because I never thought about media or talk or anything. But I fit the I fit the role. I walked in the door, put the headphones on, and people fell in love with how I talk and. I enjoyed. It helped me. It I was, was very a fan before we met. I, that, yeah. again, I was, again, you had it was on, very yeah. therapeutic to yeah. grab the mic and be able to talk and then to yeah. have people that want to listen and then the, the fans that would comment, oh my gosh, you inspired me, you helped me. Like I never knew that that would be my beginning to what I do now, which is speak life into people and, and, and just help people. It was your calling. Um, it was my calling. Yeah. So that was my beginning. And then so... They were like, just start something of your own. And a friend of mine was like, because you're really a brilliant bitch. <laughs> and you're so resilient. I concur. And, I concur. and he said that's why he felt like the world needed to hear more from me. So I started with Veg. Shout out to Big Veg. And yes, shout sir. out to Damien Mio Music Monday videos. I always shout him out because he's the one that pushed me out, like, 
out the door because yeah. I had three episodes already that I filmed in the can. They were sitting in the vault, and I was, like, hoarding my content. I'm like, I want a deal. <laughs> no, I spent money. I paid the camera guy. I, I Listen, just so you guys know, what these people do is not cheap. What we do <laughs> to give back to our people is not um, easy. I got to buy shoes. I got to buy a dress. I got to buy outfit. I got to drive from Staten Island to city island in the Bronx here that I am like tolls like it's just so many different variables that we come out of where we are in our comfort space to step out for others and I just think it's really important for them to know that because we don't have to do this but it's our calling like you said I I, it's a passion I I tell people all the time um I was just in a room the other day, a conversation with a group of people, and I was like, "Look, this, you gotta, you gotta love this. You have to. It's, this is if you try to make a quick buck. You're just, not doing this, it for the money. Don't it's do not this. gonna work. Right? No, right. don't do this. And obviously, the origins of this show, my brother Rodeo, um, Ed, who's like, who, he's a brother. I, I always say he's my mother's favorite child. And, you know, he never, he didn't come out my mama's womb. Um, Thanks, uh, mom. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to mom. Just as somebody like a little brother that you know we used to, I met hanging out in the bars, talking sports, and then we built a friendship. Steph, same thing. Like a little sister to me. It's almost like I'm talking to one of my nieces. Um, so it's family, mm-hmm. and it's organic. And people always say, well, you know, yeah, if we want to do this. We'd be doing something else. We'd be, be somewhere doing something. But I think again, it, it comes down to what you got to love. Right. And if you love it, it, it eventually happens. Does it? Does it have to make? Do I have to? We have to become Stephen A. Smith. Do we have to become Wendy Williams? No, it doesn't have to become that. Because as long as I'm enjoying it and meeting, I, I wasn't doing it when I never met you. Right. We never would have built a friendship. So right. you, you, this is designed, I think, for if you love it, do it. But if you're trying to make a quick buck, or you think that you're going to do, do one show and next right. week you're going to be on Ellen's couch, it ain't happening. Right. It ain't happening. So that's pretty much what Damien put the fire up my butt. And he was like, Mel, if you don't put those episodes out. And I'm like, Damien, I don't even have one subscriber on my YouTube channel. He's like, just throw it on YouTube. People need to see it. They need to see you. They need to hear it. Put it out there. And so I put out the first three episodes. Here we are almost 70 episodes later. Um, I've had some really brilliant and resilient guests um, from A-listers to just regular average Joes um, sharing their life journeys. And my goal is, like I say, to be what what I needed when I was younger. And that's just not just from me, but it's from the network of people that I bring to my show to share their journeys because you may see an episode where you see um, this famous person had to go through so many things before they became famous or this regular worker had to go through so many things before he just decided to get this regular job. You know, there's nothing wrong with regular jobs. You know, people don't realize that the, the social media has... The world we're warped. We're warped You're not going to become yeah. an overnight celebrity. Everybody's and your even, boss. First of all, some of your most favorite celebrities are not rich and, and famous. They're just famous. Um, <laughs> so the money is not always there. Don't do it for the money. If you have a passion, go ahead and go for it. If it's for you, the money will follow eventually. And if not, then the most valuable thing I take from this is knowing that someone on the end of that camera picked up some information from me talking with someone else that helped them succeed in life, do better, not kill themselves, um, become better parents. Uh, you know, just because I feel like the world is at a, such a bad state right now, 
and there's so much bad that we need more good. And bringing it back to why I started Bar TV, when I seen what was happening, I don't want to get sued with certain shows Please on don't air say it here. Thank and you. Um, <laughs> the content that was being fed through the television that I was seeing with my children was very negative and I'm like wow let's put some good work out there let's put some good content let's put some positive content Biggie Smalls I'm from Brooklyn I turn negatives into positives every day of my life that's been my life purpose my life goal my daughter one time said mom you're always talking about positive energy and, and negative energy and I said because that's really what we are this is just a show your energy is what you are. Sometimes you're a bad person because you're in a bad space and you have bad energy. And if you recognize that or someone helps you realize that, then it's the only time that you can say, you know what? I didn't have to say this that way or I didn't have to react that way. Or like my daughter asked me the other day, what do I say to this looking at a message on her phone? And I'm like, why do you even have to say something? You don't have to respond to everything, you know? And, and, and that's just... When you realize the power and the freedom that you really have as an individual, as a vessel that you are, to just choose to be happy today, in the back of my phone it says, I choose to be happy, and I remind myself every day. And just do little things like that, you know? It's like because the world, and life is hard, and, and sometimes you will wake up and someone will say something to you, or something is not going right the way you want it to, and you will find yourself in a rut, or in a bad mood, and then the way you receive or, or react or engage with someone else is going to affect their day. Yeah. And then they're going to go ahead trickle and effect. trickle, yeah. domino effect, mess yeah, up your day and, you know, everything yeah. else. So I hold myself accountable to turn negatives into positives with the hopes that the people that I touch can now... Like, I, I remember a Care Bear episode taking it way back, showing my age, because I'm proudly 43. Oh, you, you're not I talk that about old. it all. I Listen, talk about my 43-year-old self all the time. Well, um, I won't tell you my Care age. Bear you're saying yours. had one episode where the brown, the dark grayness was coming and taking over the land, and the colors were gone, and the gray was taking over. And that's what happens when you let negativity into your life. So I wanted to be the Care Bear with the rainbow on her tummy Aww. that just oh, okay. spreads out all the life. Uh, this little what light that, of mine. Sunshine Bear or something like that. Sunshine Bear. He's old too, so See, don't worry about it. it was, we're going to look it up. You're going to go on YouTube and find that episode and remember. But there was messages in the content we watched as children, yeah. but we just didn't know. Now that I'm in program, yeah, I watched a lot of Heckle and Jekyll. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> words to live by. That's some gems. Yes. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come to Superstar herself in the making Miss Melanie Nafi Lounge. 